ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The federal government has revealed it wants to criminalise doxing after the names and the images and the professions and social media details of hundreds of Jewish writers, artists and academics were leaked online last week. Pages of information from their shared WhatsApp chat were also made public. A cross-party group of federal MPs, including independent Allegra Spender and Liberal backbencher Julian Lisa, are backing the changes. Today, it's been Jewish Australians that have been the subject of this uh, of this trolling, this doxing. Tomorrow, it could be members of political parties or union members or media personalities or football referees or umpires or judges. Our home should be a place where we can retreat from the online attacks. I, I think this is a, a really low, uh, low point we've come to here. And I support the calls to reform the criminal code to criminalise some of these behaviours. Liberal backbencher Julian Lisa on RN Drive last night. One of those hoping for change is Anita Lester. The Melbourne-based Jewish artist was one of hundreds listed in last week's leaks. She's my guest this morning. Welcome to Breakfast. Thanks for having me. Just tell me about when you realised your details had been part of this leak. So I have been publicly, uh, I guess, doxxed in one way or another for the past three months and it wasn't really a surprise to me when I had been named in the documents. Um, I think I, I've had my privacy kind of um, uh, exposed for some time now. So my my main concern were the other members of the group who were about to face what what I guess I had been facing. Yeah. So what information of yours has been put online and what privacy has been violated? So initially it was just my work places. I, I kind of work across quite a few different platforms and formats and uh, I can't say categorically that this is the case, but I have felt a major effect in my work um, since really since October 7th. Um, and as all of the doxing ramped up and, and I seem to be a favourite of some of these doxers, um, they implicated my family and my brother and my mother especially who runs an art school and uh also i i i had received a death threat that was quite serious where they um apparently had my address so yeah it's been quite scary there's a lot of unknowns but i also believe a lot of it is is talk you know there's nothing there's no action that follows it really when you say a death threat, I mean, that's really scary. Did you go to police and how did they respond if you did? Yeah, I did go to police. I think they don't really have the facilities or the infrastructure to know how to deal with this. So it's nice to see that there are some laws that are going to be introduced around doxing. Um, and unfortunately, their response was that unless something happens, until something happens, uh, I, I can't even file an official report against this person who we knew who it was. The police knew, I knew. Uh, and and that person actually went on to threaten the lives of other people as well. You're saying you actually knew the person personally? No, but we were able to find them. They were quite visible. Wow. Mm. And mm. so why couldn't it be pursued then if they were able to be identified? Well, it's it's a really good question. You know, I, I I argued, I pushed them. I felt I felt, especially the second time around when they when they had threatened my friends, um, I felt 
very passionately that they had to press charges, but there wasn't anything that that appealed to them to pursue because nothing physical had taken place. One of the arguments used by some who have defended uh, the publishing or the outing of some activists or people on that list for whatever reason is that they were on and in that group because they were trying to get people who were pro-Palestinian sacked and that there's a contradiction in your argument. What's your response to that? Look, I, I can't speak for the entire 600. I have read the transcript after I was a part of it. Um, I don't believe that that is the case. I think that discourse uh, around anti-Semitism within a confined space, even if people do think 600 is a lot of people, you know, we, we are a very close community and especially the arts and the academic community are very interwound. And um, I don't think there should be any problem just discussing what we feel we're threatened by as a community. As far as having people sacked or their jobs, uh, you know, put under the microscope because they're saying problematic things, you know, I don't think that should be a major issue. Uh, as far as actioning those those queries and those concerns, you know, it just depends on on what boundaries have been crossed into individually. But for the most part, I will say this about the chat, I think it's been blown majorly out of proportion. Having read it again, I, I sort of realised it was a, a real space for support within the community, especially um, because the arts community has been so badly um, affected by this. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you're saying you feel like you've lost opportunities and I've mm. spoken to people uh, on the other side of this who say, hang on a minute, we're being hounded too um, with campaigns to get us sacked. Do you understand mm -hmm. their concern there? I do, but I think they should be responsible for their actions. You know, I I don't see people I know personally um, vilifying uh other members of their Australian community, you know, I think the word Zionist has been plonked onto a lot of us, and and then all of a sudden we're the we're the sort of villains in the story. And I think people don't even know what Zionist means most of the time, and 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 kind of this bloodlust and this this social media lust around pointing out Zionists, it feels more than a political uh, gesture. It feels like a racist gesture. So I think that people should take responsibility for those behaviours and, and, and you can't just spend your whole days posting about Zionists and how evil they are and expect nothing is going to happen on the other side of it. You believe you've lost work and career opportunities over all of this. Tell me about that. Um, you know, it's hard to say for sure. I I have spent... 20 years building my, my arts career and I feel like I, I had wind in my sails over the last few years. And really after October 7th, it, it entirely, entirely stopped. Um, for example, I haven't booked a single music show or gig since, since the war broke out. And the one I did have booked, they had to hire three times the amount of security because of the threats that they were getting for having me play. And and I do actually feel a bit bad for people who want to employ me but feel like they can't because they're being 
you know, they're being um, implicated into the drama of the situation. Um, have any so, of them said to you, we'd like to have you, but we, we just can't deal with the campaign? Look, a few people have. They've alluded to it. It's, it's really hard to say that to someone, I think. And and I'm mostly surrounded by really good people um, who are quite scared to speak out about what's happening and especially a lot of a lot of my friends in the in the in the arts industries they can see what's happening and they feel like it's completely unjust but if if they say something then they they're going to be implicated in that sort of social media aggression hmm. your mother is an art teacher and has also been caught up in some of these online attacks what's she been facing Look, she, I mean, her, hers is similar to what a lot of um, other businesses that are being targeted. Uh, they're getting terrible reviews, their clientele, you know, they're not sure if they're going to retain a lot of their clientele. Her teachers feel incredibly unsafe. It's a very exposed art school and none of them are Jewish, so they sort of kind of don't understand what's happening. And and I think that, I think that um, next term for her enrolments will be really telling to see how this has affected her business, but definitely um, the, the the online aggression has been pr- really profound. You're also friends with that um, Jewish couple in Melbourne's north whose shop was recently graffitied with anti-Zionist oh. stickers. You actually helped them remove them, I understand. What conversations have you had with them? I mean, <laughs> out of everyone I know personally, they've been the most devastated by this. It's twofold for them. They have a shop that they're closing now because they're in the centre of a very kind of progressive circle and a suburb and they have been, they've lost all of their staff who've quit. They they have been boycotted by their community and also on top of that, the, the um the, the male in that couple uh, had lost his position in his band that he's, he's played in for almost 10 years based on this concept that he was spouting racism um, when it was actually just commentary in a private setting. So I, I feel completely nothing but sorrow for them. And, and on top of all of that, their child had been threatened by photos being sent of, of of them to the couple, you know, threatening his life. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk by these activists, these anti-Zionist activists, that that's not true. But I, I can say categorically that that is true. I was there when it was happening. I was listening to the voicemails that were coming in and, and it, it is completely unacceptable. And it totally transcends this idea of Zionism being the problem. It was it was most certainly a Jewish issue, I believe. Mm. Do you support the, the war? Do I support the war? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a very complicated question. It is. Uh, n- no, I don't. I think I understand it. I, I, I fully believe that Israel not only has a right to defend itself but a need. Um, I think the government... Uh, way too heavy-handed. I, I I think there needs to be a unilateral armistice, uh, including the return of the hostages and, and Hamas laying down their weapons, which I can't see happening. So whilst I don't support it, I, I do understand it. There is now this push to criminalise doxing. Um, Julian Lisa uh, has, has argued for it, but also the Prime Minister has now said that he wants to do it. 
would that have protected you? Is that the sort of law reform you think we need? No, I don't actually think it would have. I mean, I think it's a really great step. There needs to be a digital reform. Uh, for example, Meta coming in and actually making a change in this space. When something is reported, for example, it's taken seriously. You know, the amount of people that reported some of these posts about individuals was was absolutely massive and we all had the same response. Yet if you post someone with a nipple showing, it gets taken down immediately. So I think it needs to be uh, on, on many fronts. Anita, thank you for joining us and sharing your experience. Uh, thanks for having me. Anita Lester is a Melbourne-based Jewish artist and you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.